Welcome to your Relationship Lovecast by True Potential, the weekly web show and podcast that explores relationships and wellness, featuring in-depth interviews with acclaimed authors, wellness experts, health influencers, and spiritual leaders so that you can create a relationship and life you love. And now your host, Andrea Corella. Hello everyone, Andrea Carella here, and you are listening to episode four of your Relationship Lovecast by True Potential. Today, we are going to be talking about the power of voice, assertive communication in relationships, which is a really important topic. Now, I understand that if you know how to be assertive and how to communicate effectively, this will allow you to use the power of your voice in positive ways. This can ultimately lead to long-term happiness and full self-expression with friends, family members, and especially your significant other. Oftentimes, our emotions can get the best of us when our buttons are pushed or our sensitive spots get bumped. Our effective communication skills go straight out the window, and we say things we don't mean, and we end up regretting words that we did use because they came from a place of hurt and defensiveness. Then, really, what's left behind is a big mess, some pride, and amends that need to now be made. In order to help you, our listeners, start being intentional with your words when you get fired up and incorporate strategies to manage the flood of emotions so you can remain mindful and empowered, I have invited Jonathan Tilly, who has voiced over thousands of corporate narratives and business presentations for companies such as Mercedes-Benz, Kia, Fiji Films, Porsche, Sprite, Google, Red Bull, Nivea, just to name a few. Moreover, Jonathan shares his knowledge and life experience coaching other voice actors via his website, voiceovergarden.com. Now, I stumbled upon Jonathan's YouTube video and really loved his incredible sense of humor, fun, energetic personality, and his creative strategies to relax and let go of emotional and physical tension when on the job or even at home. You should definitely check him out because not only will you be entertained, but you will learn some really valuable strategies to become fully self-expressed. He is originally from Boston, but relocated to Germany in 1999 and went global, which really fascinates me and is really exciting because having lived and worked abroad on several occasions myself, I'm always intrigued to listen to other people's stories that led them overseas. Welcome, Jonathan. I am so excited to have you on today. Thanks so much for having me. Great. Now, I'm so curious, what prompted you to make your business location independent and what inspired you to live, work, and play overseas? <laughs> well, I was living in New York and I, when I graduated from, from musical theater college and I got a job for six months over in Germany on a tour of 42nd Street. So um, I thought, great, I'll just hop on over, spend six months there and come back to the States and continue working. But just job after job after job kept coming in. And by year four or five, it was about time to buy a couch and sort of settle down and, and make some roots because there was a lot of work over here. And I tapped into a, into a market that I really enjoyed. That's great. Okay. Now, being a voiceover expert and coach, uh, you probably know a lot about how to use the power of your voice and how it can be used to set the tone, mood, and really mm -hmm. felt sense experience in our interactions with others. Yeah. How, now, how much does body language affect your vocal tone? Oh, it's everything. What I think is so funny is, is when I'm coaching voiceover artists, 
we either do it, either somebody comes into, into my office, into my studio space, or we do it via Skype. And I always say, please turn on the camera. I need to see what you look like. And they all go, huh? I say, yeah, I need to see what you look like because vocal qualities aren't just produced in, the, in your throat, in those couple of inches between your chin and your shoulders. It's an entire physical thing. So body language plays a huge role in how we communicate vocally. And you can, you know how when people say, well, I could hear it in your voice, or I could hear that in your voice, or I could, I could hear that you were feeling such and such. It's not just a feeling that's in your voice that's between your chin and your shoulders. It's an entire physical body thing. So body language is, is so important when right. it comes to, to being vocal. Now, what are some things that people can t- can do or practice, open up their body language so that they can be fully self-expressed in their conversations with others? Totally. And this is something that I, that you <laughs> that I have to constantly practice. We all have our little habits. I always sort of lean more to the left. I put my weight more onto the left side. But when speaking with somebody, especially somebody new or somebody that you're trying to generate real communication with, or reestablish communication with with somebody that you already know is just to stay grounded. Keep your feet pointed towards that person, 50-50 on equal, equal sides, left and right, and just get that elongation through the spine and just let your hands fall down, your arms fall down to the sides of your body and just stay neutral and just see what happens. And that's gonna automatically gonna that's gonna give you and the other person some neutral standing ground, some neutral ground to start a conversation with or to start from, from zero. And whenever you realize that you get into a specific body movement or body language, bring it back to the neutrality of the grounded position and just see how you can continue the conversation completely neutral and grounded and, and work off of each other. Okay. Now, what are some body language tendencies that we tend to do, maybe we want to stay away from in those moments? Mm-hmm. What's wonderful to do, I'm going to start with the opposite. What's wonderful to do, and you'll notice this, okay. maybe two to five minutes within a conversation, it's called mirroring, where you do a specific position. You maybe put your hands behind your back and the other person puts their hands behind their back. Yeah, Or you cross your arms and the other person crosses their arms. Or you open yourself up and the other person opens them, themselves up. This is called mirroring, which is really great but it can also be really not so great. So the really great stuff is when you notice that you open yourself up and the other person opens themselves up also. That's a great start. That's a great step in the right direction. You're going to notice though, if you cross your arms, the other person's going to cross their arms. So you don't want to do the negative body language things. You always want to go towards the positive body language things where you open yourself up. Um, Some, Things not to do, like uh, like you'd asked, is crossing your arms, hunching your shoulders, and not supporting your breath. So keeping your shoulders back and keeping your, your body open to breathe and to communicate is so vital. We sometimes switch, and I said it before, I lean a lot to the left on, on my left foot. And that's a sign of, I don't want to say laziness, but just of comfort. And if you're in that position on one side and not completely 50-50 balance between left and right foot, it can show, especially in a business meeting, it can show that you're not really interested. It shows disinterest. 
So keeping your shoulders on top of your hips and your hips on top of your feet and your feet pointing towards the person that you're speaking to keeps a really wonderful natural position and a neutral position that you can start off from and and keep it open and instead of closed. Right. Because keeping it closed really blocks the flow of connection um, because it's more of a defensive protective stance. And so then it if somebody else is mirroring that, that can create a, a closure or a disconnect. Exactly. Right. Now, are there fun tricks uh, to find your natural speaking voice? So what you have to do is you have to count from one to 10. And on the odd numbers, the one, three, five, seven, nine numbers, you have to speak as high as possible and point your finger to the sky right? and lift your eyebrows and open your face really wide. Mm-hmm. Then on the even numbers, two, four, six, eight, ten, go as low as possible. Point your finger down to the ground and just scrunch up your face. This is going to confuse your brain because mm-hmm. usually we get into a specific talking pattern of, of, of who, who we're speaking to. And sometimes when things escalate, you can get a bit clenched in your throat or you can get a bit nasally and really annoying or high-pitched mm-hmm. if you get emotional So (laughs) a nice way to go into something and really find your natural speaking voice is to do the, is to count from one to 10. The odd numbers are are up. The even numbers are down. And then from there, just start speaking. What are three examples you can give us on how we can use body language to communicate better uh, with others? Three examples of having good body language and and things that you can do to make it a positive experience would be to keep your shoulders on top of your hips, your hips on top of your feet and your feet pointing forward in this neutral position that I was talking about. That's always a great place to start. A second thing to do would be to bring some awareness to your shoulder blades. And because we work 24 seven behind our computers, we're hunched over like, like apes, like cavemen. So pinch your shoulder blades a little bit together behind your back, and that's automatically going to just give you a little bit more posture, which is going to free up your, your, your breathing waves and your, your, your spine and give you a nice natural elongation to open yourself up to the person that you're speaking to. And thirdly, go with the flow. Try and keep things open. Don't put your, be, be conscious of not closing yourself off, crossing your arms, crossing your legs. Just be open and just be conscious of staying open. Even when the other person closes themselves off, they might not realize that they're closing themselves off. Take a moment to stay open and stay conscious of being open. And that's going to make the whole situation a lot easier. And I think that that consciousness and being mindful is so key. And so really being intentional with our body language and our assertive communication is is really important. So I'm I'm curious also, what what are some exercises that we can practice on a on a regular basis to develop our voice, to improve our body language when dealing with especially difficult, hostile, aggressive people, maybe a boss? Or maybe our our teenager, or <laughs> or dealing with this with our spouse when they're irritable and stressed. What are some suggestions that you that you oh, have for us such in those a moments? Great question. So dealing with people that may be aggressive or domineering, and and staying true to your voice and your body 
language. It's a constant practice. We're never perfect and we're never going to have it and then that's it. It's something that we constantly have to practice. From all the people that I know that can deal with stressful situations like it's nothing, is they're all big breathers. They don't get short breath and and just breathe from the shoulders and they take shallow sips of air. They take a huge, deep breath. So when somebody becomes very domineering or very aggressive, and I've started to take this on the past couple of years, and it's it's amazing to just stand there and to take a deep breath and exhale and then reply. This automatically gets you back to your neutral standpoint of having the ground underneath your feet and being grounded. This also is a subtle reminder to the person that's being aggressive that they're acting a little bit too harsh and it's reflecting in your response of just breathing and bringing yourself back down to to zero. A second opportunity to stay focused and stay kind and mindful. And I learned this just the other day from Juliana Margulies on Ellen. She was on, on the Ellen show. Mm-hmm. And she said that she had a hard time doing the red carpet with all the pictures and everything. And she said, Robert De Niro taught her a trick or she heard from a friend of a friend of a friend of Robert De Niro that the best way to get across that red carpet is to smile and hum to yourself. <laughs> mm. So she gave an example and she was, you know, put her hand on her hip and started to look here and look there and smile for the camera. And she would just sing to herself a happy little tune. She'd hum to herself. And of course, you're not moving your lips too much, but you're just going, <laughs> now you can't really hum in the midst of a, of a, <laughs> of an argument, of, of, of an argument. But what you can do is take a deep breath in, out, and then at the end, hum. That not only the breath, but also the humming gets you tapped back into who you are, back into your inner truth, gets you tapped back into speaking from a place of self-worth instead of fear and aggression and anxiety. It, it taps you back into speaking from a kind, wholehearted place. Right. So even just taking in that breath, slowing oh, yeah. yourself down, and then even at that tail end part saying, hmm, could, yeah. could be fitting in that moment and yeah. could be a way for us to utilize this strategy in that moment where yeah. it seems congruent or exactly. authentic. And it's funny because I've used this silly little technique, the take a breath in, take a breath out, and the second half of the exhale just hum a bit in heightened discussions with friends, with partners, with business colleagues, with clients, and it always works. <laughs> That's great. And you notice a shift inside your body physiologically that kind of downshifts. I have mentioned being in a relationship, running into that difficult moment when you're facing a disagreement, and there's tension and conflict. Some of our listeners have mentioned Are there any other suggestions that you have to help kind of create a a calm, secure environment and shift the mood? Like I said before, keeping that neutral position, breathing, and at the end having a hum. And even if that doesn't work, just simply saying, I think I need five minutes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that, that is the 
it is the hardest thing to do. Right. I need five minutes just to figure some stuff out. Giving yourself permission to give yourself a timeout before you hurt anybody else's feelings even more or before you hurt yourself or before you hurt the relationship or before you hurt anything. Just practicing a little bit of self-care and just saying, I need a timeout. And just removing yourself from the location and from the situation. It's so easy to say, so hard to do. I think it is hard to do because you're in that moment, you're being triggered. The person that, especially if there's somebody close, they kind of know those raw spots and buttons to push. And you're just really having war within yourself of, oh, I need to defend, protect. And then there's this other part, no, you don't want to be in a conflict. You don't want to be in a fight. And then the skillful part that is saying, just breathe, just breathe. And it's it can be very difficult in that moment. And sometimes there's that part of you that says, oh, just say this one thing. And that part, for some reason, I think because it's emotion over reason, takes over and it's our survival response. But then later on, I shoulda, coulda, woulda. And then really it it can be very unproductive sometimes in those moments. And I think even just having that wisdom in that moment to even take a break or to give yourself five minutes because the other person may, may really want to have you stay there <laughs> yeah, 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 or follow you. <laughs> exactly. So that's it's another the, challenge. Yeah, exactly. It's the thing. I have a dog and, and he's the cutest little thing. He's a little French bulldog. And, and what I learned in, in doggy training school was that when dogs get into a fight, they, there is no rhyme or reason. They will, they will just keep biting at each other, right? right? And you need to physically reach in and pull the dog out and just calm the dog down, right? So, and I, and I noticed this with, you know, you're walking the dog on, on the leash and, and another dog comes around the corner unexpectedly and they start barking at each other. and they said, whenever that happens, just calm your dog down, stay by your dog and just make them sit and just give them a time. Let the other dog, the barking dog walk past, but just stay with your dog and just stay in this zoned out, cool timeout place. And it's worked wonders. My dog used to love, love just jumping on other dogs and didn't understand the word no. So of course, my little dog would get in, get bitten all the time by dogs that were just like, "Listen, dude, like it's enough already." Mm-hmm. And uh, but now realize he he he's been able to realize, you know, okay, um, pull it back, sit, and just chill. They don't want to play. Okay, cool. Um, don't want to get into a fight or make it make it even worse. Chill, sit down, and and go into your little timeout zone for a bit, and then we continue on. And and like I said, it's it's so much easier said than done and knowing that you don't want to injure yourself, the other person or the relationship, taking five minutes out and just figuring stuff out is sometimes the best thing to do as a whole. If we can self-soothe ourselves 
or if we don't know how to do that, that we learn how to do that, mm. not only for ourselves and for our own well-being, but also being able to for the welfare of the of the relationship. Yeah. Because some of us may have tendencies to be in fight mode when we're fearful. Some people uh, on the call may be uh, in flea mode, <laughs> and mm-hmm. other uh, others of us may just be in shock and feel yeah. stuck in that moment. And yeah. I think knowing whatever our tendency is is really key, and then being able to breathe through it, yeah. self-soothe ourselves. I know that this sounds weird, and this is probably one thing that you do in the privacy of your bathroom or bedroom, but giving yourself a hug can be oh, a way yeah. to help soothe your central nervous system in those moments yeah. that you feel really activated. Yeah, exactly. There's a trick that I've created where it's really, really simple. And once you know about it, you'll see it and you can use it wherever you want. Whenever it says in a, in a voiceover script, heartfelt, trustworthy, loyal, warm, caring, put one or both hands on your heart and just speak from that place. And that's going to change the entire tonality of how you communicate. It's going to be so much more heartfelt. It's going to be vulnerable. It's going to be warm. It's going to be loving. And doing that behind the microphone, nobody can see you what you're doing, but it comes across vocally. And when you're speaking with somebody, and if you're in in an argument, breathe hum, take a five-minute break, and then come back and put one hand on your heart and just talk from there. And you're going to feel the resonance in your, in your hand. And automatically, it's going to bring you back into your body and give you a physical pressure point to focus on and to speak from. Absolutely. And I think that that's lovely. And I and I really think that when even just that physical contact, whether it's that mm. physical contact with yourself to self-soothe or even touching your heart to speak from that wholehearted place, I think even in that moment that seems so counterintuitive in that moment, but if you and whoever your partner is or, or family member, if you, if there's this space where, can I just hold your hand as we're talking? Yeah. I think that just automatically connects you. And if you can do that, then it can really make a powerful shift in that communication, that dynamic totally. as well. Totally. So great stuff. Wonderful. Some key things to, to keep in mind is the content of what we say with our words. A lot of times we use words like, you're always this, or you Mm -hmm. never do that. Being really conscious of how those can be really triggering words and create, fuel the fire some more, create confrontation. Because what you're doing in those, especially in those key words is uh, putting the other person on the defensive. Being really intentional with maybe blaming phrases or using the word you as opposed yeah. to speaking about yourself, your feelings, your yeah. needs, your request. Another key is when you are in those fights to really be able to state the facts as opposed to your perceptions and interpretations. Yeah. Because sometimes we we say, oh, well, I'm thinking it. It's my interpretation. Therefore, it's true. And then people are having an argument about that as opposed to, moving, peeling it back and focusing, okay, 
okay, what factually was said as yeah. opposed to the interpretation. I think that exactly. that can be something that we really have control over and really is our responsibility to manage so that it doesn't interfere in the relationship. Is there anything else that you would suggest here before we finish off? Stay comfortable, stay content, stay connected through your breath, through your breathing, through your, with your body language, with your voice, because that's the place where you're going to be speaking your truth from. So if that isn't comfortable, content, and connected, how do you plan to make a connection with somebody else? Great. So basically stay connected to yourself so that ultimately yeah. you can be connected to someone else. Exactly. That's exactly. great. Well, thank you so much, Jonathan, for coming today. I've really enjoyed having you. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Great. And so I hope all of you out there have benefited as much as I have from this conversation with Jonathan. Now, to get access to the show notes and links that were mentioned in the show, you can go to truepotentialcounseling.com. And if you like this podcast, if you could go to iTunes and write a review, uh, it would really mean a lot to me. It would allow me to have more reach and uh, to allow this amazing content to reach more people. And you can go to www.truepotentialcounseling.com forward slash review, and it will take you straight to the iTunes page where you can leave a review. Now, we have some incredible guests coming up in the future. We have Aaron Sutherland, who is going to be joining us, which uh, we're really excited about, as well as some other amazing guests that will help you create a relationship and life you love. Thank you so much, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to Lovecast by True Potential at www.truepotentialcounseling.com. 